0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the lab. As always, sitting with you is Lou Follenkamp, Alex Trotter, and Brandon Weirig. We have a special guest with us today here from Eastern Michigan University, uh, Mr. Cameron Dietz.
1: Yes, sir. Glad to be on.
0: Good to have you, man. Uh, So, Cameron, as always, we start off with the same question. Uh, What made you want to become a strength and conditioning coach?
1: Yeah, so um, I played baseball growing up um, along with other things and wasn't really good at anything but baseball. Um, and I quickly realized that I was not going to be a professional baseball player. So pipe dream gone. And I was trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to do that's as close to baseball, professional baseball, whatever the case is. Um, for a long time, I thought like sports journalism, um, you know, liked writing things and, stuff but uh ended up really falling in love with the weight room um so uh just started doing some internships you know changed my major everything like that so uh, here I am after many years still working in a weight room so couldn't be very lucky to be able to do it so
0: nice very nice so what uh what sports in particular do you get to work with every day
1: um so I oversee women's basketball volleyball and baseball right now
0: okay Okay. Now, are you from Michigan originally?
1: No. So originally from Colorado, uh, went to undergrad at University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, Um, played baseball. Um, After that, interned uh, at the University of Delaware, Um, came back, was a graduate assistant, and got my master's at Northern Colorado, and then uh, took an internship at North Texas, Uh, got hired at Utah Valley University, and then moved out to Michigan. So just kind of Back and forth, back and forth. So holy cow. Yeah.
0: You're really you're a traveling man.
1: Yeah, traveling man. Yep.
0: Holy cow. So have you found any sports in particular that you absolutely love working with or any that you've had like the most trouble with working?
1: Um, I mean, it's easy for me to relate what we do in the weight room to baseball because I played. So that's the easiest um I wouldn't say most enjoyable because every team has like their own kind of quirks. Like I really loved working with golf and wrestling at uh, Utah Valley. I had golfers there that are better athletes than I have here on the baseball team. So, you know, it's, it's always fun to get to work with different teams. Like another example would be uh, tennis was uh, mostly um, uh, foreign students at Northern Colorado. So we had, you know, guys on the team that were from England and from Spain and from France. And like, they loved like, heavy edm techno music so it was always just like you just banging um in the weight room and then you know the wrestlers are you know unbelievable athletes uh so it's it's there's really pros and cons to everything i will say um you know at times it can be hard when you're working with um a team it's it's not a particular sport i've just found if you work for a really good coach it's a lot better Um, if you work for a coach that, you know, trusts you and lets you do your job. Um, but it really doesn't have much to do with what sport they're playing in my opinion. So.
0: Okay. Okay. So how long have you been a strength
1: conditioning coach then? Um, let's see full time for the last four years, uh, graduate assistant for two years. Um, and then like intern doing some personal training and bullshit for like, a year before that so six seven years
0: okay so through i guess throughout your experience what have you found that that's worked for you as like a developing strength and conditioning coach
1: in terms of like programming and stuff exactly Yep. yeah so i think um from year to year i always try and like break down what we did or what i did and like what what like i could try and do better I would say if you looked at my program now compared to even two, three years ago, I spend a lot less time in the weight room and a lot more time on the field in terms of speed development, plyometrics, trying to marry the plyometrics with the speed work, and then really just trying to get, make sure that like the, the goal is to get them better at their sport. So I want to try and get them in that element as much as possible. Um, does that mean like we do our speed and agility work with a basketball? No, but I make sure that like they have to change directions. They have to react to each other. Like my favorite forms of conditioning are games. So can we play Ultimate Frisbee? Can we play Capture the Flag? You know, can we play Sharks and Minnows? Like those things that are like just having like a closed chain 5105 drill and getting better at that doesn't mean that you've gotten, you've improved your ability to react and change directions it's not, it's not easy to measure either. And that's okay. As long as we're, you know, doing it and doing it in a way that they enjoy as well. So
2: (laughs) you're going to like that one. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: um, what would you say you've gotten away from like in your early years as a strength conditioning coach that you, you look at now and you're like, man, why did I ever do that?
1: Um, so I always get the question of, uh, like, are, like, am I related to Cal, Cal Dietz? Um, I'm not, but when I first got that question, like seven years ago, eight years ago, um, I didn't know who Cal was. And so one of the first like true real, you know, 100% strength conditioning based books that I read was triphasic training. And so I did it, ran it myself, did a whole like 16 week, you know, every single supermax eccentric every all of it and fell in love with it because it's hard and my strength just went through the roof and i'd been like training um for a while so it was just a completely super potent super difficult stimulus but if you can find a way to handle it like you'll you will get better um i still think there's a lot of value in like supermax or even accentuated eccentric work or um whether it be overcoming isometrics or um yielding isometrics like there's value in all of that stuff but i think that it's too stressful on the on the body to run true triphasic while still having to do the sport like i just think there's it's almost impossible to go through classes triphasic practice and the social life cuz like college kids go out like i did like they're gonna stay up late. They're gonna do dumb shit. So it's just a matter of like I think it's too hard to run true triphasic. So I definitely modify it. We definitely have times where we do really difficult eccentric things, um, but I make sure that it's it's at the right time where our sport volume is very low or our sport intensity is very low. So that's probably the biggest change I've made.
0: Okay. Okay. So then I guess on more like the administrative side of things, as you kind of moved up the ranks. Um, how have you been about I guess developing other coaches
1: yeah so i I currently run our internship program um here with um like I ran it at Utah Valley, and then um here like it's just we have three different weight rooms, so essentially we have three different facilities and they're all very separated um so between zaporsky and I ryan zaporsky and I like we kind of like head that up because he has one of the he's at one of the facilities and I'm at the other facility um and so for me, it's always been, you know, I interned at schools and I won't go into which internships were good and weren't, but I didn't walk away from all of my internships actually learning anything. You know, you sign up to get experience, right? And write it on your resume. And if what you write on your resume is the fact that they had Uh, Tendo units there like that's cool. But like, did you actually do anything with them? Did you just set them up? Did you just change weights on a bar? Did you just carry plates out to the field and put them on prowlers every day. So for me, I want our internship or when we have people that actually come in and want to be a strength coach or think they want to be a strength coach, I, I keep it really honest with them. And then I try and teach them everything that we do. And I try and get them involved as quickly as I can. Um, You do have some people that step in and they think, oh, well, I watched this Instagram video and therefore I know that rear foot elevated split squat should be like this because I'm targeting the glutes more. And it's like, okay, I'm not really concerned with how you're twisting your body in order to get your glute medius to feel like more strain. But, uh, you know, it's like. I want them to be involved. I want them to coach. I want to teach them what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I want them to move on. And I'm, I'm lucky to say that I've had some interns that I've done, have done that and are, you know, currently working in the field. And um, that's, that's the best feeling that you could have is, is being able to build a tree of you know coaches. So.
0: That's pretty awesome. Cam. That's pretty sweet. That's all. They're not just labor to you. You're, you're actually trying to like build up the profession.
1: The labor's nice. Like the labor is like, I mean, it is so like even today. So it's, it's uh, up in Michigan, like there's fires in Canada and whatever. And, and so the condition, outside, like we haven't been able to condition outside. And so I've been trying to get a little bit creative today. So today, um, t- uh, last Friday we were doing like repeat 200 tempos, um, with women's basketball. And so I was like, okay, I, I want them to do something that's some challenging, but we got to be inside And I don't want to take them over to the bubble because it's, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's a decent walk where I know that we're just going to waste time. So I have an intern and luckily she's, uh, she's a pretty good athlete. She's obviously, she's on the volleyball team. So she's a decent athlete. And I came in and I said, I was like, live, like, I want you to run upstairs and I want you to run around the concourse and time it. I don't need you to sprint it. I don't need you to jog it somewhere in between, just run one lap around the concourse and time it. And then from there, I'll be able to adjust. And I don't know what the distance was. I would guess 300 meters, Um, but we did repeat 300 meter runs around the, the concourse this morning. So it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's, it's great to have somebody that can just run up while you're like trying to, you know, set up the weight room. She can go up and run a lap really quick. Like interns are invaluable in terms of like their ability to help you do some stuff like, you know. Can you run to the printer? Sure. Like, that's awesome. But I need you to do more than that. I need you to get a job after this. Like, I want to help them get and be a graduate assistant when they're done because I didn't feel that way from my first mentors. So I want to make sure that when they walk away from this, they know that they're at least going to get everything that I could, um, like, in terms of helping them further their career. Makes sense.
0: Makes sense. What I'll do here, Cam, is I'm gonna open the floor up to these two so you can feel the cool from them. Yeah. Yeah, did you ever work in like any uh private sector?
1: Um, I did private sector work uh before I um did my first internship at Delaware. So I essentially graduated undergrad and uh I I actually had lined up an in my, my last semester of undergrad, I had lined up an internship at the Air Force Academy. And um uh, the, you know, let's say the semester started uh, January 9th. Right. And I, we didn't really set like when I was supposed to start or anything like that. So I took it for granted and I went on in and I went up there and went in on like January 11th and I show up and I won't get into which coach it was or anything like that. Cause they, I deserved what I got, but I walked in and he was like, you don't work here, man. And I was like, what? And he's like, you, uh, you don't work here. Like I've had another intern that's been here for a week already. Like if you didn't want to be here on Monday, if you don't want to be here last week, like I don't need you. And so I'm sitting there like, oh shit. Like I got to graduate. Like I like, like F the job, like I need to graduate. This is my nine credits. Like what am I going to do? So I'm super embarrassed. I go to my internship coordinator and she, you know, takes pity on me. And I don't even know why she did it, but I appreciate her. And, uh, she lined me up with like a, a brand new, um, private facility. So I worked in that private facility as an intern, got hired as a coach afterwards. And it's just one of those things where like, I took that learning lesson of like taking, like, again, internship unpaid. I was upset that I was going to have to work for free. Like I just, I just had a really shitty attitude about it. And so I ended up in the private sector and it was okay, but it's just super salesy. And it's like, It's not about the job. It's about like how much you can sell. So I did that. I did some personal training at 24 hour fitness. I went from there and kind of like did like a, like I opened my own facility for a second. And so, you know, you learn a lot of stuff and how much money you can burn through at 23 years old really quick. Um, so I did all that stuff and it was really just not like, you know, I wasn't working with the level of athletes that I wanted to, um, I just thought the grass is greener. And so I was pro ball, pro ball. How do I get there? And uh, eventually it was, you know, you need experience at at a, at an institution. And so, you know, the advice that I got from coach Alvarez, who at the time was the director with the Pittsburgh pirates, he told me, go find the first internship you can find on football scoop and take it. It doesn't matter what sports you get to work with. Obviously football scoop, you'll work football, but Take it, you need experience in a weight room working with a team. And then from there, just kind of fell in love with college and just kept pursuing that as much as I could.
0: Well, that answers all those questions I was going to bring up. But uh, <laughs> but, uh um yeah, that was going good. back from uh, like Colorado to, to Michigan, does you have the like the elevation? Does that play a big factor? Do you take that uh, into consideration? In your training? Yeah,
1: I, do, I take it into consideration because even Utah, the elevation was a little bit higher. So, like, I think the biggest thing that you'll 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 have to modify or you should modify um, is if you're doing consistent like if you're consistent with timed things like if I do a tempo run and I want them to run 100 yards in 15 seconds or whatever the case is, I you have to adjust those times at altitude. Like you gen like like you will have skill guys that are at you know if you're working football you'll have skill guys that can do it and they can suck it up, but. Um, it's just a matter of adjusting those times to be responsible and to, to make sure that it's, it's attainable, you know, you want with conditioning, like the goal is to get them physically and like build their aerobic capacity. It's not always this mental toughness stuff. So just taking the cut and paste of, you know, like, let's say a guy gets hired at, uh, you know, CU, right. Like, uh, Dion hires director of football. I would hope that if he. Hired him from, let's say, Ole Miss, or let's say a school in the SEC where the altitude is zero. I would hope that they would adjust that stuff because it is it plays a big role in aerobic work, especially.
0: Um, do you ever feel like there's a difference between like maybe East Coast athletes versus more that Central Mountain style athletes,
1: like where they're actually like where they're from? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the biggest differences that I've seen with athletes and where they're from is not so much centrally located. And maybe that's because I was like, you know, from Colorado. I don't, I don't feel like guys and girls from Colorado specifically, or like Wyoming, that area, they, that wasn't a big difference to me. I think the biggest differences that I see are like South. I think they have a different work ethic in terms of like a lot of times this is Going to school and getting a scholarship and having school paid for, it's like their way out sometimes of a bad situation. And I think at times they work really, really hard because of that. Um, And that can be beneficial as a strength coach. You've got somebody that is like willing to run through a brick wall because they know in the back of their mind that they like grew up with less. Right. And so they have. Uh, Just a a better work ethic Because from age 12 They knew like I need a scholarship If I'm going to get out Of the situation that I'm in Um, That's kind of The geographic piece right And then California I feel like If you're talking about Female sports Typically they're um, They're used to things Being a little bit easier um, In my opinion That's specifically Female athletes In my opinion I think just on the west coast Like I think They have like they have their, their trainer, you know, like there's more money typically. And I have my, well, my trainer, we do this and it's like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not worried about what you did with your trainer. Like they didn't teach you how to do these exercises and that's what we like to do. So um, I think it's just, it's, 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 there's a lot more with the socioeconomic piece. And then it's kind of interesting that you bring it up. Cause I really haven't thought about it geographically. Like sure. The accent may be different, but it's really socioeconomic positions of, you know, like I, I always tell people, I love junior college transfers. JUCO kids come in to Division one schools, and they look around. And even if your weight room, like you're looking at your weight room, and it's like, ah, eh, like we have, you know, we have some nice stuff. Like we have racks, you know, or like, look, we have perch, or like, you know, like yeah, we have some nice stuff. But kids from JUCOs come in, they go, I have a strength coach, <laughs> like my head coach isn't writing my program and I'm not doing 10 by 10 everything because that's just, it sounded good today. Like Juco kids are my favorite athletes to work with typically because they take nothing for granted. They've seen what schools with nothing have. So when they're here, it's God, you guys have everything. Whereas like transfers power, like at our you know, mid-major in the Mac conference, like we get kids that drop down. We have power five drop downs. They typically, and this is all just in my opinion. They typically kind of look at it as like, well, I, I, you know, I'll make the best of it because I'm here, or like, you know, like it's a demotion. But JUCO kids are like just awesome. Typically, awesome. You, I mean, there's shitheads everywhere, but like, typically, JUCO kids are really, really good. Really good.
2: Yeah. You. Oh, well, I mean that that's a perfect transition because um, I I essentially got I, I at least I would say like my my break. In the private sector was through JUCO kids. I had like four uh, JUCO kids that were like right down the street for a baseball team um, here locally, and yeah, three three of them now are going to be playing at Division one schools and stuff like that. And yeah, they they came in and just worked their ass off every day. So like, I fully stand behind your statement
1: there. No, it's especially baseball, and yeah, like you know, I have all my all my like athletes know that I played baseball. So there's always this, like you guys, like you love baseball more than, you know, it's like, I don't, you know, I, I, I enjoy working with all you guys for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, baseball like you, baseball Juco is very, it's, it's much more common, you know, like you get the last chance you like that show is awesome because it shows, The insides of JUCO football and basketball, but it also kind of gives you an idea of why kids go there. And it's not for the same reason as baseball. To me, the the reason that you go to a junior college in baseball is you're either really good and you want to go to an elite junior college and play for two years at a very, very high level and get drafted from a junior college the grades are always sometimes an issue like kids go to junior college because they can't get into a division one school. Um, But a lot of times like the development that happens in a junior college, because they have unlimited hours. If you want them, if they want to practice from six to 10 and then give them two hours for, for class, their class schedule, and then have them back for six more hours at night, they, they don't have any limitations. Like we have our compliance limitations of eight hours or 20 hours. JUCO, they can do whatever they want. So some of these guys are hitting, you know, they're taking a thousand cuts a day and they end up making really big strides. But the physical piece is always made is can be the piece that they don't have because they don't have the resources. Right. Um, they don't have the strength coach. They don't have the typically they don't have the strength coach. They don't have the um the facility to even train at. They don't have the guidance. So
2: Yeah. No, that's solid. Um the other one was if you could go back and Knowing what you know now, and you're coming out of high school or something along those lines, what would have you changed about like your programming or um, how you went about your training to potentially get you to the next level as well?
1: Oof, Yeah, I would change a lot. Um So I, I actually, so I really didn't start lifting at all until my senior year of high school. So depending on how far I could go back, I would have started like touching weights way before that. Um, and then even when I did start lifting, I didn't really care about speed because I wasn't fast and I knew I wasn't fast and it was like, well, I'm not fast and I'm not going to get much faster and speed doesn't play that big a role in my game. So I'm not going to focus on it. I, sp- our baseball guys, if there's one thing that they knew that we were going to do, and if there was one thing that we did this year, it was, we were going to get faster. And I, j- and I told them pitchers, position players, I don't care if, uh, you know, to- Tony Holler, I think is the one that's kind of been saying, you know, uh, speed, uh, top speed, max velocity raises, uh, is the tide that raises all ships, right? That's like the, the saying that I've heard a lot. And in terms of, of us, for us, the way that I always, Um, justify it is if you can, if you get faster, um, you're producing more force and at a higher rate and more efficiently on each leg throughout the course of a limited distance, a very fast thing. There's nothing in the weight room that I'm going to be able to give them. That's ever going to match the speed that they're going to run at. Um, and even with that, the things that I like to do with it, like I would, I find more benefit out of, you know, grabbing a med ball and throwing it in the air a six, four pound light med ball, throwing it, you know, 30 feet in the air and the intent and the, the stimulus that that provides sometimes, especially if they're not very good at the clean derivatives, I'll take the overhead throws over bad cleans, bad power cleans. So that's where it's, you know, it's like, if I could go back and redo it. I would definitely make sure that I was doing more speed work because I think that it's had a huge impact on our season, especially this last year.
2: Yeah. Now, what's some of, like, uh, if you could have, like, your top one or two, like, KPIs that you use for, like, each sport, what would those be?
1: Well, I'm lucky to have force plates, and I've been trying to use them more because they're expensive, and so I want to (laughs) make sure that, like... I want to make sure that like they know as an administration that we're not just, they're not collecting dust. So, um, so for me, like if, if we're talking baseball, um, my biggest KPIs, the, if I had to do three, it'd be uh grip strength, it'd be top speed, and it would be probably either jump height or, uh, like relative peak power. I, I like relative peak power because like I'm a bigger guy. And so, um, you know, my vert may not be the same height, but like I produce a good amount of force. Right. So I would say those three probably. Um, But I mean, again, if you have force plates and you have these like toys, like you can look at ungodly amounts of things. So really if I had to break it down as those three, Um, I mean, even women's basketball, now we're starting to time top speeds because I think it's important, even though they don't reach their time sprints are, uh, we time from the 15 to the 20. So it's essentially a 15 yard fly. Um, but it's, it's, it's a 20 yard max effort sprint. I just timed the last five. Um, and that's just because, uh, Les Spellman in his courses have said that if you don't have the wearables to tell you what the speed is, the five is a more accurate, um, tale of, or tell of, what that top speed is versus a 10. So, um, anyway, so, so women's basketball is doing twenties and then baseball, I always do thirties. And if I were to stretch it out to 40, we'd have higher speeds, but I want them to stay kind of in that general, you know, base base from base to base length. Right. Yeah. So more applicable yeah uh, and but even then you know if i'm thinking about it i lead off the bag i'm probably three yards away and then i start my slide and we play on our like our infields turf so i start my slide probably three yards early also so i really should measure from the 20 to the 25 yeah um but i don't it's just whatever we're doing 30 and i'll probably always do 30 so yep
2: okay yeah so i got any other
1: questions?
0: All right. Well, Cam, thanks for joining us today, man. Enjoyed the conversation with you.
1: Yeah, of Um, course. I appreciate it.
0: We will see everyone in the next episode.
1: Awesome. Thank you.